1: Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York...
2: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's show. As always, Thursday night's brand new content drops. Visit the Metal MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Download some past shows, subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our email list. This is your way to receive weekly updates on new shows, merch promos, and free giveaways. Tonight's show, we're talking with Carl Kennedy, longtime drummer of the Central New York power metal band, The Rods. Well, Carl has a brand new band, the 450s. They have a new album dropping tomorrow. Their debut, self-titled, comes out on Louder Than Loud Records, Carl's record company that he put together with a business associate last year. Well, Carl's here tonight, we're going to talk about this new album, how the band got together who these musicians are that's on this new release we go over and listen to some of the choice cuts on this album carl gives us an insight on how these songs were conceived and what the musicians in this band what they brought to the table we talk about his past relationships with the late great ronnie james dio he goes down heavy metal memory lane and we talk about the Anthrax and Overkill days when he helped them produce some of those groundbreaking albums back in the mid 80s it's a fun look inside you know a member of the heavy metal community we like to support all our all our heroes here and Carl you know the guy's a great dude he was on the show last summer when he was promoting the Kennedy CD his solo band and he will tell us more about what the candidate's up to and what him and the guys in the rods are up to because they have some new material coming out. So that's what we have for tonight. Next week, we'll have an exclusive interview with the guys from Raven. Last night, me and part of the Metal Mayhem ROC team took a ride down to New Jersey and saw the band on the Metal City Tour. So we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving with an exclusive interview with Raven. Now, that's a good one. Again, we invite you to go to the website, check out some of these past episodes, and please, rate and review. That kind of stuff really helps. We're going to quickly hear a promo from Podchaser.com, and then I'll be back with Carl Kennedy of the Rods in the brand new band, The 450s. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC.
1: Attention, metalheads. Since we launched in 2019, Metal Mayhem ROC has been the go-to source for metalheads to talk about and hear the music they love. We can't thank you enough for being part of the family. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so you know when we go live. Plus, tell folks why you like to listen when you leave a rating and review. If you're listening on another platform, head over to podchaser.com and type in Metal Mayhem ROC in the search bar. Hit subscribe, then rate the show and leave a comment on why you get your metal fix from the Burnomatic and his guests. Metal Mayhem ROC. Now, back to the show.
2: Just want to remind you folks about the Monday Night Live Metal Mayhem radio show that I host right on thatmetalstation.com. It's three hours of live metal, 50 years, play stuff from back in the day, stuff from new bands, new music from old bands. There's a chat room. You could come in, talk with other bangers around the country, around the world, as a matter of fact. It's a good time. It's a great way to bring your Metal Monday in for a landing. Talk about a good time. Today's guest is a veteran of over 40-plus years in the hard rock and heavy metal community, founding member of the metal band The Rods. He's played and produced with bands like Manowar, uh, Star, Rhett Forrester, Overkill, Exciter, Anthrax. He's here today to talk about his uh, brand-new band that he has, The 450s. Let's welcome back to Metal Mayhem RLC, Carl Kennedy. Hey, Carl, what's up, man?
3: Hi, John how are you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 40 years in the business. Like I thought it was like, I needed my cane and my beards down to my, my waist. But yes, it's been a long time. I've been in the business a long time.
2: I, uh, I said 40 plus when I was writing the copy, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go 50 because maybe it's not 50, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm trying to stay yeah, with no. the continuity, but either way, the uh, resume is long. The experiences are even longer. Um, how are you? Where, where are you right now?
3: I'm doing well. I'm, I'm home in my little studio where I record my drums and whatever little hack parts I pick up on my guitar or keyboard. And uh, so that's where I am, sitting here by my computer screens.
2: Pennsylvania, are you, or are you down south?
3: Pennsylvania, Scranton. Mm-hmm. Outside of Scranton.
2: Not that far from Rochester. Uh, we're in like in the mid-40s today. Maybe a little rain. Mm-hmm.
3: I love Rochester. You know, we record, recorded a few, quite a few uh, projects up there.
2: Oh, yeah, the Rochester Metal Pipeline is legendary. You know, we can go on all day on that. But we're here today to talk about your new project. New album comes out on the 19th of November. The band is the 450s. I have tons of notes on the new release, but let's get a quick backstory of the the guys you're playing with, how it came together, and then we'll take a deep dive into the new album.
3: Sounds good. So, you know, this is... um... These guys, I had, early on, I had produced Young Turk. The singer is from Young Turk, Rhett. And uh, so I produced Young Turk, did an album for Geffen and an album for Virgin. And uh, so I had managed the band and produced them for years. So I always thought Rhett was brilliant. In fact, he conned me. I was working with Rocks Gang in Tampa. He kept hounding me, stop in Miami, stop in Miami. I'm like, I'm not going to go to Miami to see some band called Young Turk. That I've never heard of. He cajoled me. And so finally I flew in. I was going home after three months in Tampa. I was going home. The last thing I wanted to do was stop in Miami and uh, to see this kid. But I did. We wound up, uh, you know, having a, a great uh, connection and wound up working with the band. So we've all been friends forever. St. James guys. I signed them to my production company. So Bobby and Jimmy, the guitarist and bass player, uh, known them forever and produced for them and wound up on their uh, their everything they did. Like we did two full albums. We did demos. Uh, I was never quite able to land a deal for them, but we recently, like three years ago, we released an album called Resurgence, which did very well. And uh, we have more product in the, you know, in the pipeline for that. But, um, uh, so we'd known each other all this time. And then Rhett, Bobby and uh, Jimmy knew each other and we're all good friends. So for all these years, we've all been friends. We wanted to work together. And so finally we said, you know what, let's do a band. Let's start a band. And, uh, that's what happened. And we wound up, uh, going to Atlanta. Although I didn't make that trip because of a little shoulder muscle thing. I couldn't get on the flight in the morning, but, um, everybody else wound up in Atlanta and that's where the songs were written. And then we recorded it in Miami. So.
2: It definitely has a Southern flow and I'll, I'll touch on that when we talk about the album, but uh, you have a a record label, louder than loud records. What's that all about?
3: You know, it's an interesting thing to start a record label at a time when people no longer (laughs) buy records. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, Giles, Lavery has been my manager now for a couple of years and it's, it's been a great relationship from day one. And um, we started talking about my bet, my catalog, which we've been able to license. And um, you know, he was responsible for this new uh, re-release of all the rods catalog, which is doing a great job. High, High roller is doing an unbelievable job on all of it. But um, in, in the process of all these uh, discussions and, licensing and whatever we thought you know what it would be a lot of freedom to actually start our own label and uh, and do that so then we we would be able to promote and we thought you know the 450s is a perfect place to start now we have other things a lot of them loud records has we have another release we're going to uh, be announcing soon and you know we have things in the pipeline now that i think people will really be interested in but uh, we thought you know we'll, we'll launch the
2: 450s and we'll go from there our uh, first question 450s where's that coming from?
3: That was just a name that the guy we were looking for a name and the guys just came up with the the 450s so.
2: That okay. That's simple. So the that simple. <laughs> So the uh debut album self-titled three videos have been dropped. Uh, tell us about the videos. You have three of them. Oh, the first one uh Lost in Denial. That was the first one. Uh, Where was this recorded? These
3: videos were recorded in different places. Now, Lust and Denial is actually the most recent video. Uh, The first one was Flowers for Columbine. second was uh, Lucy Walk Away, and this new one is Lust and Denial. So while we were at the studio, we recorded a lot of footage with video. Uh, We brought in a videographer. So we recorded a ton of stuff there while we were recording so that's a lot of the footage we're using. But then we also recorded footage at home, you know, did our own stuff outside, inside, in our studios. And uh, so that's the footage we're using. And uh, but we at the studio, if you notice, if you look the footage of me, you'll catch a glimpse of clown heads up on the wall at the very top. Those are all the original clown heads from killer clowns from outer space. They're actually from the movie. And uh, the studio had a great vibe and and it was uh it was fun to be in that room and and record.
2: All right. Well uh three videos, find them on YouTube, and they're all part of this album. Um the album about what 11, eleven, twelve tracks. Most of them are in between uh three and four minutes long. You get in and get out. Jack Douglas, the longtime producer of Aerosmith, Cheap Track, a couple other bands. He was in there, uh, involved in the mixing and Chris Collier, who does some heavier stuff, uh, corn and prong. He worked on the mixing and production that helped to get that modern sound. Let's uh, quickly touch on their involvement. It was interesting to have both of them mix the
3: album. And then from there we would choose, you know, whose mix we would use. So it was really amazing. And what was amazing is that, uh, Jack Douglas made production calls, So like he would in deciding what we would leave in, what we, he would leave out, or what he would accentuate. Um, very interesting, what a m- very musical producer he is, and you can see why he's have long- has had longevity in the business. Chris Collier is the young hotshot. I mean, he is just to me, he's the the, the top young mix engineer, and uh, he mixed the Rods, he mixed the uh, Kennedy album and of course he makes the 450s as well and uh, I just I just can't say enough about Chris being on the cutting edge of technology and just having great ears and uh, if you listen to the white snake reissues which Coverdale has had him come in to do more and more of you really hear the difference like just how great he is but uh, because you can compare the original white snake which always sounded great to what Chris has done and uh, but anyway so it was it was really fun and interesting to have Two amazing, ta- amazingly talented people uh, working on this album.
2: So let's take a deep dive into this album. Uh, the band again; he just goes by the name of Rhett, is the singer, uh, and then you got the the brothers James and Robert Jacobs on guitar and bass. That must be interesting to have a brother dynamic in in the band.
3: Well, you know it's funny because there is no brother dynamic with those guys. They have a lot of respect for each other um, in terms of it's not like, even though in, in fact I was going to say, I think when I listen to this music, I, I think of it as like a black rose, a counting rose, um like a soul asylum, like it, you know, that kind of, that kind of very organic kind of band mm-hmm. with a real rock edge, a little more punk edge actually mostly comes from red, I think. But um, no, those those two guys they don't have that uh, they don't have the Black Rose, let's fight or the uh, or the um, what's the uh, band I'm thinking of now? I just forgot their name from England.
2: Um, oh, the Gallagher brothers. Uh, Gallagher oh, brothers.
3: Yeah, like you Yeah, Oasis. Thank you. They don't have that. Uh, let's just kick each other's asses.
2: Or the other Gallagher brothers, uh, uh, Raven guys, John. Oh Ed. yeah, <laughs> but those guys don't.
3: They're just cool guys. Yeah. They're
2: great. No, these are my notes on the, the, these are my interpretations, Rhett, Not to, not afraid to put himself out there. Excellent. Excellent singer. James Jacob, the uh, guitarist has some really tasty leads, knows his way around the telecaster. looks like Carl and Robert have uh, really discovered each other. They work well together. And Ryan's uh, Sambrook, the keyboard player, does a hell of a job on Black Tar. and uh, He
3: does. I love what he did in Black Tar.
2: And Gracie is heavy. So uh, Black Tar, yes. first uh, the keyboards. Big kind of vibe going on here. A theatrical thing. Uh, let's get your input on that song.
3: Black Tar is one of my favorite songs. In fact, I just mentioned recently, we have more videos coming from this album. And we also have lyric videos coming. So we're, we have a lot of product yet to go. But black, I was saying, black tar needs to be a single because, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. Lion did a killer job on Black Tar. He, uh, to me, makes the song. That and Fernie played banjo on this, which in the beginning, and, and uh, he just he goes, you know, this song could use a banjo. And he picks up a banjo from off the wall and likes it and plays the part one
2: take. No, that's interesting because one of my notes on, that's on uh, Black Tar has a little bit of maybe modern country in quotes. And maybe mm-hmm. that's what that was.
3: But so back to Rhett in terms of well, let's talk about Jimmy. Jimmy's brilliant and Jimmy is a he's so talented, but he did a great job in writing parts that sort of interwoven and he did a great job where there's subtleties to them, but also lots of hooks. He did a great job. And and uh you know his tone, I love the tone he got out of that telecaster, very, very cool. And Rhett, and I think the difference with the jacob's brothers and and myself you know bobby and jim and i we're all like let's make sure that it's dialed in and it's precise and we're as focused as possible Rhett, on the other hand is the true quote-unquote artiste and so Rhett, if you like you listen to his lyrics i think his lyrics are really really brilliant he does uh, he's really is an artist and he's a A great lyricist, in my opinion, I've always had nothing but respect for him. And also, working with him so much over the years, producing, I've noticed how fast he's so quick to write lyrics, and they just come out, and they're so good. And he's he's quick. If in Lust and Denial, there's a rap part toward the halfway through the song, he was. Didn't know what to do with that. We're in the studio, and I'm in the control room standing there talking to him through the glass. He goes, wait, hold on a second. And he scribbles something on the paper. He goes, okay, roll it. And he did that part in one take. Wrote the lyrics and sang that part that fast. And it's a brilliant lyric. Um, the note you left, didn't read it, never read it. It's brilliant. So, uh, you know, in my in my opinion, everybody worked well together. There was no, uh, you know, no egos we all We all got along and we all worked for the song. And I think that was the other thing that shows in this is that we all worked for the material. You know, I came in, I hadn't been at the writing session, so I was new to the material. We'd run it down, I'd make a suggestion if I thought there was a little arrangement thing or something, and I'd work out a feel for the song as far as the drum parts go. And then we would run it down live, like this new way of recording that no one's ever heard of, putting musicians in, in a room together and they all play the song from the beginning to end together.
2: Imagine that, eye contact and everything else. <laughs> nobody, it's unbelievable. I hate to let, John, I hate to let
3: them out of the bag. That's a big trade secret, so maybe we should cut that part out so nobody knows. But
0: Well,
2: well, well Carl, you certainly weren't shy when it came to um, uh, putting your stamp on stuff. In the song Crawl, my notes, those damn drums again, the drums and bass working well together. Kennedy sounds yes. like a percussionist. Uh the lead uh wow the wow wow what a tasty riff uh, Tell us about the song crawl
3: well that that song is based on Jimmy was the one who came up with that idea and uh, that song is really it's a cool idea the cool riff and uh, his uh, that was his he's that sick little mind he loves those dark riffs and uh, so that was his his creation. And it was fun to play. I have to say, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Sacred, you'll touch only, uh, water. Wait, wait bad you I
1: will make you crawl for.
2: I have a gut feeling, um, according to my notes, maybe the song Drown would possibly be the next single. song gets right to it. Sort of sounds like a little bit of Mick Jagger, if you will. Guitar, leads, drums get right to it. Great track. Tell us about Drown.
3: You know, I think that's, uh, I'm glad you said that because I love Drown. And uh, I would think it should be the next single. It's a, it's a killer song and Drown, Drown was one that um, I don't know that everybody was as thrilled with that song at first as I was I was right away I thought Drown was a killer tune but um, and then as it went on and I think with Rhett developing the vocal I think it was um, everybody came to love the song but initially it wasn't like the top you know top song mm-hmm.
2: Carl Kennedy, drummer of the newly formed American rock band, the 450s. Debut self-titled CD comes out tomorrow, November 19th, out on Louder Than Loud Records. Carl, any plans uh, about taking this circus on the road, playing some dates? What's that landscape look like?
3: Well, thank you, COVID. How many tours are booked and canceled? Uh, We're hoping to get the band to Europe. And uh, we're hoping to do some shows in the States, if nothing else, at least an East Coast tour, if not some shows out West. But uh, that's the plan. But uh, right now, you know, we just don't have anything booked, but we're constantly looking for whatever we can get to uh, jump on, be part of, and hopefully doing a couple of festivals in Europe, if nothing else.
2: Well, let's do a little roundup on your other projects. Last time we talked, uh, Kennedy was out with Warrior, uh what are that, those guys up to what's the status of uh the Kennedy outfit
3: well in a couple of hours I'm going to be rehearsing with Kennedy we have um we have three new songs done recorded and we're working we have three more songs written and we're you know well on our way for this next album which I have to say I'm very excited about the fact that uh, you know how the sophomore jinx kicks in and uh a lot of times you know it's just not as strong and but but to say that there's a band we've grown and i think the material is really good if not better than the uh, the first album so it bodes well i'm excited about it and uh, i can't wait to uh, have that album released as far as the other thing actually i have a band kalakas from my band from the mid-70s and i was 20 whatever it was when I was with these guys mm-hmm. and we, took, we did a lot of recording I mean a lot of touring did a lot of dates uh, all east coast but we were playing five and six nights a week and so now with the original members we have an album that's almost done and I always say this and it does again it's not meant to be derogatory but it is you know how I view it anyway. It's kind of like a poor man's notes. It's not a rock album in the sense of hard in any way, but it's really good. I'm very proud of it, and and that's almost done. I have one more drum track to complete that album, and then the rods. We are uh, we have I have five tracks that are ready for my drums, and we have two more tracks ready to go. Uh, we're just going to get together soon as we can here and uh, finish an arrangement on one and so rods are well on the way for another album which is uh i'm excited because at this point in our career you know each album is which you know which one will be our last but uh, we're going strong
2: still so that's that's exciting
3: and of course the 450s planning out uh, you know we're making plans for the next album as well so
2: now, some of your past projects, it's well-documented. You were involved an integral part. Besides the rods being around in the early 80s, your work with Overkill and Exciter and Anthrax, that's well-documented, your production and producing contributions. Going back to Anthrax, were you involved in any way in an interview or commentary on their 40th anniversary package that they put together i think there's some videos coming out you have anything to do with that i did
3: not i was not asked and uh, so i did not do anything
2: keep in touch with those
3: guys at all i do yeah you know I, i'm in touch with joey frankie i mean you know occasionally scott and, and charlie but uh, no no issues there just missy told me something i don't know what the story was but um, i ca- actually kind of thought i should have been involved because it was part of the seminal uh, creation of uh, anthrax the early days the first albums and so
2: but uh, yeah yeah
3: no no harm no foul it's fine
2: i just uh was uh rubbing elbows with danny lilker the other night at a show up here in rochester
3: oh danny's great
2: yeah nuclear assault played a couple weeks ago they had a one-off up here he lives up here works up here and you know a little bit of our metal history with the anthrax guys uh overkill Absolutely. bobby blitz uh when was the last time you saw those guys i just saw well i saw i think it was two and a half years ago i
3: did a show mike the singer in kennedy and i did a show at the uh, hard rock uh in uh oh, i'm trying in anaheim opening for metal allegiance okay and uh, so i'm coming down the stairs and there's bobby on the phone and it was great it was a great reunion I hadn't seen him in decades you know so it was it was a great he was the same bobby's always the same he's the same guy he's always been that way not pretentious even though he's a rock star
2: uh, just the coolest guy and the exciter guys has it been decades no I, uh, we did a show with exciter oh
3: was it it's um in new york maybe four years ago five years ago but i stay in touch with alan dan isn't really on uh facebook but uh, yeah. yeah i mean those guys were Friends, I mean, I love those guys from day one.
2: Oh yeah the um, the, the the chance to see them is a, like a fourteen year old up here on the Violence and Force tour, just up at the Penny Arcade. And back then, back then, the uh, Ron and Jackie Stein of Lakeshore Record Exchange, they were the ones promoting those shows up at Lakeshore, and those were on Sunday afternoons. But you know, we go like I said, we go on forever with the Rochester connection.
3: Hmm. I think they promoted shows with Elf as well.
2: Oh, that—that's the point I wanted to bring up. Uh in in August I was down in Nashville for the Rock and Pod convention, and on the way back I started listening to the then just released Ronnie James Dio book. Can you comment on that whole Dio Central New York? Mm-hmm. You, you Feinstein, you just comment on that era. I joined a band
3: called Raw Meat. I think I was nineteen. And Rom Meat was a big band. It had been Brian's Idols. And they were, you know, they had recorded for us. So they were they were big on the whole tri state uh, thing that ELF was uh, the Elves were on. And uh, so that band Raw Meat rehearsed in a finished garage and Elf rehearsed in the in the house. And uh, because the bass player and the guitarist from raw meat and the bait and the guitarist from the L's were roommates. So that's how that worked. So I would see the guys from early on, but going to shows back then, you know, it was high school dances. And it was like people would actually dance at a high school. And, but when, when the L's played, everybody sat on the floor, nobody danced. It was a concert. Um, Even though they were doing cover music, it was, there was something about the band That they were all cool, they were all great musicians, but collectively they just had a sound and the presentation and it was a concert and everybody recognized it. And so you're sitting there watching this concert, they're playing cover songs, like kind of, you know, that's unheard of that you go watch a band play cover songs and you sit down and watch them in awe like a concert band. But that's who they were, and they were phenomenal. And as they started doing original material, things grew. So it was interesting to see how that progressed and, you know, getting the record deal and going from there. But, uh, you know, knowing – I know a lot of stories through – between David and Craig and, you know, knowing Gary and Mark Nassif and, uh, you know, so – and the guys. So you know a lot of the inner, like, little stories from all of that. But it was, it was great to see it happen. And, of course, Ronnie – was a star from day one, and yeah, uh, you know, that was. And it was very kind of him at the end to sing one of my songs and song "Metal Will Never Die," which I think is such a great mm-hmm. song that should be that should be like a classic metal song that's not gotten the uh, you know the recognition it deserves. You should really look at doing a re release of that because, and promoting it differently than
2: than it was. Well, maybe that's uh, a project for Louder Than Loud Records.
3: It actually sounds like it might be now that we now that we actually mention it because uh, that's such a great song. Ronnie just
2: sang so well on that. Uh you should um, you should read or listen to that book if you haven't. I will. I will do that. It's been on my list. I just haven't gotten to it. Do you ever try audio Because I, I love. I love.
3: I love audio books, but I have not. So I've heard you know heard a couple the friends have had, but I have not. Uh, I don't know. I was just saying. I wanted Johnny Z, and I was just talking. He said the audiobook has so much more, and so I'm saying, uh, "What is it? Um, Audible? What's the what's the subscription? Whatever it is, Audible yeah, it's or- through
2: Amazon Audible, or uh, and uh, the uh, the deal book, uh, the official one, Rainbow into Dark or something."
3: Yes, I'll have to do that
2: after this interview. Stay on and I, I could send you a complimentary copy of it, okay? Um, thanks, yeah. Um, all right, so the band is the 450s. New one comes out tomorrow on Louder Than Loud Records videos all over YouTube. Go out there, check it out, uh, buy the physical product. You know, I'm sure this is all on the stream locations too, correct? It is, and you know,
3: the other thing is. A lot of times my friends will want to support, and I really appreciate that. But, you know, you can support bands by just adding them to a Spotify playlist. If you, if you can't support with money or you don't want to support with money, um, which is perfectly fine, you can support, start a Spotify playlist, the 450s, or add us to an existing playlist. That would be huge.
2: Carl, what's the best social get all information on your product?
3: Well, there's always, can always find me on Facebook, Carl Kennedy. But I think for the 450s, the450s.com will get you everything you need to know about the band videos and uh, um, products. So, and it's going to be vinyl as well as CDs, so, and shirts and whatever.
2: Well, sounds like a party. Carl Kennedy, yeah. <laughs> thanks for calling and spending the afternoon with me today.
3: John, thank you so much for the support. Really appreciate
2: it. Okay, take care, bud
1: you too. Bye. Metal for life. Thanks for listening to metal mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at metal mayhem and metal forever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone. Even your non metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE TV radio.
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream—the big house, the happy family, the money? 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing?
2: What's the problem? What's the problem?
0: Would you lie? Would you cheat?
2: Would I shop? Would I shop?
0: Would you kill?
2: Yes. Mom is dead. My mom
0: The crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more, from assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th.